Hey, Praise Chapel Paramount, welcome to our podcast. This message is from a midweek service with Pastor Billy Hall. He's a really good friend and general of the faith in a message he's entitled, Our Finest Hour. Now, if you haven't followed us on Instagram or Facebook, give us a follow at PC Paramount and then check out our website at praisechapelparamount.com. Enjoy this message. Oh, hallelujah. Day. I was thinking about Daniel this week. Daniel lived in a time where, as a teenager, he was, him and his country were taken slaves by the Babylonian Empire, another country that was full of idolatry and violence and all the ugliness you could think of in hell. That's what Babylon was. And Daniel was a teenager at that time. And in that dark hour of Israel's history, being captive as a nation, there was a light in the middle of that darkness. Hallelujah. That light was Daniel. He was a light as a teenage slave, and that light grew stronger and stronger as he rose to be prime minister over five kings because he knew God, because he was strong in the Lord. And because he did great exploits. Hallelujah. I was thinking of Winston Churchill, another light in the darkness of World War II. And and he had been elected prime minister of England, Great Britain. And and a word that he had said in his speech on that darkest hour was he, he said, I feel that all, my, all the things that have ever happened to me in life have only served to prepare me for this moment. I am walking in destiny. This is our finest hour. Ooh, hallelujah. And, and this so inspired me as a young kid when I, when, when I read that and and. As I was thinking about that this, this week, God showed to me of all the times in human history, there is no better time than now for the church triumphant to arise. This is our finest hour that we are in right now. Oh, the world says it's bad. The world says all these problems are here. All this darkness is here. Killing, murdering, lying, cheating, stealing, broken people, hurting everywhere. But it's our finest hour to shine. Martin Luther King had this saying that really inspired me as a new convert. He, he, had, he had woken up in the middle of the night and been disturbed by a sound, and, and he lifted up his head from his bed, and he looked to the side, and there was the devil standing right next to him. And he said, oh, it's just you. And he rolled over and went back to sleep again. <laughs> that was a dark hour for Martin Luther. Because at that time, Rome was was trying to get him to recant. You know, the the book of Romans that he had commented on, the just shall live by faith. Hmm? And his disciple was afraid that he was going to die because the Roman church was going to kill him if he didn't recant, and he refused to recant. He was a light in that dark hour. He refused to back down. Why? Because he knew God. Because he was strong in the Lord. And because he did mighty exploits and changed the world with his life. That's why this is our finest hour. It's good, man. It's good. Jesus standing with us. Bring it on, man. Bring it on. I'm going to shine brighter. I'm going to shine brighter. The darker it gets, the brighter I'm going to shine. Amen. Because Jesus is our light. He's the light of the world. He's the light of our life. And his light shines in us. We're the light of the world. 
because our windows are clean. So Jesus' light shines out of us. And you know what happens? It shines brighter the closer we get to glory. Woo! It gets brighter and brighter and brighter, and folks are just, whoa, man, look at this guy. is shiny, man. What is it about you? Oh, it's not about me. Don't look at the wrapping paper. Look at what's inside the package. Yes, it's my Jesus. He is the light. I'm the lighthouse. I'm a little lighthouse, but it doesn't matter if even a little lighthouse can shine a bright light. Amen. Oh, help us tonight, Lord. I want to talk about Daniel, and I want to speak tonight about our finest hour because this is God's message for you and I tonight. This is our finest hour. Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. Oh. Chapter 11, verse 32. Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Praise God. That's who we are. That's why you were born. That's why God put his fingerprint on your life. You may not realize it, but you have the fingerprint of Almighty God. Yahweh's fingerprint is on your body, your life. Some folks, it's easy to see that because they love God. You can see God in them, and, 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 and there's, it's easy to see the fingerprint of God. But you know there's other folks, you got to dig a little. Come on. Sometimes you may have to get a jackhammer out to get down to that fingerprint. But even the most wicked of all people have the fingerprint of God on their life. Because we were all made in the image and likeness of God. And we got to get this from our head into our heart. We got to know God by experience. Not with our head. A lot of people know God in their head. They have knowledge of God, but that knowledge never reached their heart. We can say scriptures, we can memorize, we can do all the right songs and say the right words. We can look spiritual, but be full of dead men's bones inside. Come on, there's too many people in the church that, that know God in their head but have never experienced him in their heart. This is the distance between heaven and hell. 18 inches from the head to the heart. Folks in hell know the word of God better than a lot of Christians I know. They said it, but they didn't believe it. They didn't live it. It never got into their heart. And that's what our key is. First key is knowing God. You got to die to your ways so you can live to his ways. See, our problem in trying to be a Christian, trying to live the Christian life, is we're trying to live it in our power, in our willpower, in our good works, and the good things we're trying to do. We try and try and try. And you know what happens when you try in your power? And then you just you just get up again. Okay, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really do it, God. I'm gonna really be good. I'm gonna really Yeah, that's right. And we get up again. Now, now this time I really mean it, God. I really, really mean it. I'm gonna be good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop smoking, I'm gonna stop drinking, I'm gonna not do drugs anymore, no more. And then and then we're so tired of falling. We don't even get up anymore. Why should I get up? Devil says, why should you get up, man? 
You're a punk, man. You'll never be a Christian. You're a failure. You've been a failure then. You're a failure now. You're always going to be a failure. You listen to that lie. And you quit on God. And you forget when you were a little baby and you wanted to walk. And you got up and you, you tried to walk and you fell down. But you got up. And you fell down. And you got up. And you got up. And you got up. You kept getting up. And finally, you learned how to walk. Hey, hey, look at me, man. I'm walking. Look, look, Mommy, look, Danny, I'm walking now. Well, that's the way it is as a Christian. Folks, this is a process. It is not a microwave moment. It takes time. It takes determination. It takes love. You really want something, you go get it. Jesus said you can get you can get whatever you want. You want righteousness, you can have it. All you got to do is ask. Knowing God is about experience, and that's the first thing. We need to spend time with him to know him. We need to spend time listening to him, talking to him, walking with him, walking, watching his ways, the way he works in our life and the lives of others. We learn this stuff and we come to know God by experience. And that's a process. Wow, I remember I first got saved. And the morning after that prayer in block 4A of Folsom Prison, I, guards came up and opened all the cages and I walked out. and I had this stupid smile on my face from ear to ear, man. I was so happy, man. I, I felt I was drunk or something, man. I was just so happy. I'm walking out, and it's me and the Lord. We're walking down Lifer's Row, man. It's like this, doing our, doing our walk with attitude, you know? I was free. And the guard, Sergeant Perkins, said, what's wrong with you? You got some pruno? You got into pruno last night? No. Got into Jesus, man. And I'm free. You're not free. You're in my joint, man, and you're going to die here. I said, oh, no, Sergeant Perkins, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live here, and before I leave, you're going to get saved. One day on the Lord, nobody ever taught me to evangelize. Nobody taught me how to disciple. My life has changed. Nobody had to teach me anything. I experienced God. God came out of the Bible into my life and rocked my world, changed my life. You see, when the Word of God gets into you, it moves from your head to your heart. And when it's in your heart, it will capture you and change your life forever. You'll never be the same. I've never been the same since that day in Folsom Prison. I I'm not the same today as I was yesterday. And you know what? Tomorrow, I ain't going to be the same that I was today. I know because it happened yesterday, and it happened the day before yesterday, and it has happened every day of my life for over 40 years. Knowing God by experience changes our life forever. Our knowledge... The measure of knowing and experiencing God will be the measure of being strong in the Lord. The measure of knowing and experiencing God will be the same measure of being strong in the Lord. Daniel experienced the Lord even before he was a teenager. He had grown up, and when the strength of God was needed and he stood before that chamberlain of all the slaves and told him, I'm not going to eat the king's food anymore. Just, just feed me vegetables. Me and my, my homeboys here, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we're all going to eat vegetables, and we're going to be fatter than all the guys that are eating all the prime rib, man. How do you get that kind of strength? That's not your strength. That ain't nothing that 
that you could conjure up, that you could work up, no willpower. That's God. God did that work. God did that miracle because Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew their God. They were strong because of it. That's why we've got to know God by experience. Secondly, we're going to look at being strong. You know, this is a real challenge here. Galatians 2.20 tells us how to know God. You know, Galatians 2.20 says, I'm crucified with Christ, yet I live. Nevertheless, I'm I'm crucified with Christ, yet yet I live, but yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's the scripture that goes with knowing God. Knowing God, you die to yourself and you live for God's ways. You learn God's ways. We're born again, right? We're not born again to to do things the way we did when we were dead in our trespasses and sins. (sighs) Hello, that's breaking news, huh? Because you see, that's what we were used to doing. We were used to doing it our way. We were used to... Doing it my way, you know? But my way was a grave, the pit of hell and misery and dead-end streets, man. The loser's life was my way, but Jesus' way is the way of life. And we live that by dying to our way of doing things and living for God's way. So here's how we're strong. We rest in God's works, in his strength. That's where our strength is. Rest. Oh, wait a minute. What's wrong with this? What's wrong with this word? <laughs> what do you mean rest? I got to do something. Come on. Our flesh says, no, 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 no way. You don't rest. You got to do something. You don't deserve this salvation, so you got to earn it, man. Come on, get to work, punk. You know, there's no free ride here. You got to do something, man. Earn your way, boy. I didn't teach you to stay home and, and live off the, the farm. No, no, no. You got to live. You, you got to earn your way. And we think like that, but that's not God's way. God's way is sit down and shut up. Slide over and ride shotgun. I'll do the driving. I probably shouldn't have said sit down and shut up, but uh, what I'm saying is you just slide over and ride shotgun. Let the Lord drive. Amen? You rest in God's strength. His strength. Why not rest in God's strength? I mean, that's, such, that's like chill city for the Christian, man. You know, whoa, man, this is God's strength. Man, I'm just riding shotgun, man. Whoa, look at this, Lord. Look what you're doing. You know, that's what happened the the day after I got saved. I looked in the mirror, and I didn't look the same. My eyes were big. They were sparkling with excitement. I was excited, man. This God that I had known about, oh, yeah, my parents were Christian. I was one of the lucky ones raised in a Christian home. I knew all about God, but I didn't know him by experience. Billions of people in the world know about God, but only thousands have experienced him. That's why it's a little flock. They're not little flock, for it's your father's good king, goodwill to give you the kingdom. There's all, we're always going to be a little flock. Very few people want to pay the price of knowing God. There's a price tag on that, folks. It's your life. That's the price. Jesus paid the price for you, his life. It's only reasonable for us to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. It is our reasonable service. He's perfect and holy, and he died for us. I'm a foul, wicked, imperfect loser. It's a bad deal for Jesus. It's a good deal for me. Come on. Amen. 
I'm so glad your love doesn't depend on what I do, Lord. I'm so glad your love doesn't, doesn't depend on what my performance is, God. Your love depends on you. You choose to love me regardless of how good or bad I am. That's why your love killed me. It slew my heart. And it captured me. It captured me. Your hand is open like this, but I, I can't leave. I don't want to leave, man. I'm home in your hand, Lord. That's where I want to live. That's where I fight my battles. That's where I fight my battles on the battlefield of righteousness every day from the hand of God. That's where I live. I sleep. I eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner from that hand. I drive my car, fly in an airplane, and never leave that hand. I live in your hand, Lord. What kind of boldness is this? Billy has lost it tonight, man. Oh, no. Yeah, I lost the lie and got the truth. That's a fact. We live in the strength of God, in his strength. We rest in his strength. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1 to 3. Oh, just, you know, because this is in the Bible, what I'm, I'm talking about. It is in the Bible, and I want you to read it. Read it and know it. Chew on it. Meditate on it. Even after tonight. This needs to be one of those verses that are tattooed on your heart. Boy. I tell you one thing about warriors, they are tatted down. Come on. And I'm not talking about these tattoos you see on the arms and stuff. I'm talking about scriptures that have been tattooed on their heart by experience. When God does that work in your life, he marks you. He marks you permanently. Anybody got a scar? I tell you. You're going to have some scars on, on, on these battlefields. Come on, you're going to get hit. Come on, devil's got his snipers out, man. I tell you, you're going to get a bullet. But you know, for every bullet of the devil's lie, there's, a, there, there's healing right here. There's a verse of Scripture to take that out, man. And you got a helper, a Holy Ghost, your Corman. Corman! Corman, I'm hit! And the Holy Ghost is there to pat you up, get that bullet out, pat you up, and get you back in the fight again. Let me remind you, folks, you're warriors. You're warrior kings, warrior queens. Warriors are in the house on Wednesday night. Warriors are in the house Sunday night. Warriors are on their knees, breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day, sitting with their commander, Jesus Christ, God of battles. Hallelujah. That's where we get our strength from, the word of God, his promises. All his promises are yes and amen. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1 to 3. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was not preached to us as well as, or the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter that rest. As he has said, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. I want, I got breaking news for you folks this, this evening. Every promise, every promise in the word of God has already been completed. Every one of them. It's already done. Jesus did it. He is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He died on the cross before Adam was ever created. 
all the stuff we're going through, we've already gone through in God's eyes. He's Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end. Every promise he has already completed, every promise he has ever given you has already been fulfilled. For they were fulfilled from the foundation of the world. How do we look at scripture? Are we waiting for this promise to get fulfilled? Or do we know that it's fulfilled? It's fulfilled right now. As soon as I speak it, it's done. God's warriors are his amen to this world. It is done. That's the power you have living in you. That ain't your power, ain't your strength. God's power, God's strength. And it's all for you. You got saved, you asked God to come into your heart, he did. You asked God to give you the power to live holy, he did. Holy Spirit there to work in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure to make you want to live a righteous life. And then give you the power to live a righteous life. God does all the work, folks. He does all the driving. We do all the riding. That's why life is good as a Christian. Why do I get stressed? You know why I get stressed? Because I try to do stuff that God's doing. I get in his way. I say, oh, let me help you out, Lord. I mean, I, I, you, you don't really know what's happening here. I, I got to explain it to you. This is what we need to do. <laughs> Has anybody ever said that except me? <laughs> I mean, I feel so dumb when all of a sudden things start coming together and I say, wow, that was fast. That was fast. And the Holy Spirit says, Billy, you won that fight in the spirit before you ever saw it in the physical world. Long before you ever saw it in the physical world. I won fights 14 years before I saw it in the physical. That answered prayer, that answered prayer that I prayed for four, 12 years, excuse me, 12 years I prayed this prayer. And my answered prayer came after 12 years in Ethiopia. When I met my wife. We've been married 32, 33 years now. I live with an answered prayer. I kiss an answered prayer. I hug an answered prayer. An answered prayer talks to me and I talk to an answered prayer, that's a miracle. Because of God's work, God's strength, we're strong in his, in, in his might. Chapter, Hebrews chapter nine, chapter four, down on verse, verses nine and 10 here also. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. God ceased from his works. When? From the foundation of the world. He had it all done way back then. And when he died on the cross, the last three words he said on the cross, John 1930, it is finished. You know that it is finished, who that was for? It wasn't for God's work. It was for our way of salvation. The way of salvation had been finished now with his last breath on the earth. Man. See, this is, this is the kind of good stuff we get out of the word of God and spending time to know God by experience. He shows us who he is. And when we find out, we discover who God is, we discover who we are. 
We're not what people say we are. We're not what we feel we are. We are what God says we are. We're his little boy. We're his little girl. I don't care if we're 80, 90 years old. We're still his little girl, his little boy. Ask any mama, any daddy about their child. They're always the baby. They are. Oh, my grandchildren are just round two of my children. <laughs> Come on. Uh, maybe I'll get round three if I, God lets me stick around long enough. Amen. We live in God's strength. We rest in his strength. We rest from our works as he rested from his works. And we walk in that strength. Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Oh, the power of God's might? He's omnipotent, all-powerful, omniscient, all-wise, knows everything about everyone and everything and all present. He's present everywhere at the same time. So if our little boy, little girl is run away from home and we don't know where they are, we can pray confidently. God, you're with them. I'm so glad you're with my little boy, my little girl. My heart's broken. I, I want them to be here with me, but I know you're there with them, Lord. So just, just protect them where they're at right now. Are there any bad people around? trying to hurt them, you know, put their knees in the breeze. <laughs> put the fear of God in them, Lord. Do something that really rocks their world, man. See, that's where we get that confidence in the strength and the power of God. Knowing him by experience makes us stronger in our confidence in his faithfulness. We sang the song. You are faithfulness to me. You are faithfulness to me, Lord. You know, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's been faithful one time in your life. He will be faithful every time in your life. He is unchanging God. The same yesterday, today, and forever. He saved you. He took you out of darkness and brought you into his marvelous light. One time. He'll do it two times, a thousand, ten thousand, ten billion times. He will do it. His love is relentless, unchanging, and not dependent upon you, dependent upon him. We rest in his works and his strength, not ours. His strength becomes our strength to conquer challenges. Oh, I like that. I've always been little, you know? I was, I was every bully's target in school growing up, man. I tell you, when I got to be 17 and joined the Marines, I got an equalizer. I got an M16, man. Come on, and I'm gonna go get me some bullies, some bad boys over on the other side of the world in Vietnam, huh? As a matter of fact, I'm gonna get paid to do it. I had all the wrong reasons for doing that. But you know, God, he did stuff in my life then, even as a sinner that prepared me, prepared me like it prepared Winston Churchill, like it prepared Daniel. Those things in your life that you, you think are fragments that you want to throw away and you want to dismiss and, and, and the trash can. God says, no, 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 no. Don't take that away. I, I, I can use that. Get all the fragments. Give me all those fragments. Really, Lord? Are you serious? That is so bad. Yeah, but you, I can use it, man. Because there's folks whose path you're going to cross one day that will be where you were. And you can tell them your story. My story. Hey, folks, this is a God ministry. My story is a story that vibrates all over the world. People identify with your story. 
It's part of your plan of good works that God has before ordained that you should walk in them. Ephesians 2.10. Yeah, you're walking in your plan of good works. I know it doesn't feel good sometimes. I know you don't even agree with it sometimes. I don't. I know I get disappointed, discouraged, angry. I still got BC Billy in me to deal with, you know. I've been, I've been carrying that dead body around for like 40-something years. I'll be so glad when God comes and I can cut it loose once and for all. But we got to live in the flesh. That's breaking news too, huh? Come on, we don't get a new body right away. We got to live in this dead body. It's always trying to drag us back. We got to keep slamming it up on the cross. Die! 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 But we do that because we're in love. I don't want to do that stuff anymore. Oh, God, I hate doing that stuff. Please deliver me from that. Help me be strong and, and conquer this thing. Man, I'm tired of repenting for the 763rd time. God says, really? I thought that was the first time you did that. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Your sins I will remember no more forever. What kind of love does this? God's amazing love does this. God forgets. He chooses. He's Alpha and Omega, yet he chooses to forget the sins we repent of. And he looks at us as we are spotless and clean. Covered by the blood of Jesus. We look like Jesus to God the Father. When we walk with a repented heart, repenting of our sin. How many times did we repent? Maybe as many times as we had to get up when we fell down trying to walk. Huh? But you know we kept getting up, didn't we? Because I, I didn't see any of you guys crawling in here this morning, this evening. <laughs> I saw y'all walk in, so you learn how to walk. Come on. And this is a process. I'm talking about a process, folks. We're not birthed into this. We birthed to begin the process. We need to keep on knowing God. We need to keep on being strong in his, and because it also, it keeps, it increases our ability by our example to help others be strong too. Because we're an example to others. So lastly, two great exploits. This is the natural result. The natural result of knowing God by experience, walking in, in his strength by resting in his strength, resting and depending on his strength. Now we're ready to do great exploits. Oh yeah, this is a good part. That's why it's the last point. You know, we always keep the, the good stuff at the very end, huh? Like the rapture, the very end, the best. The best is at the end, amen? And so here we are at the end doing great exploits. And with our great exploits, they begin with salvation. Ephesians 2.8, by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So that's a miracle right there. Salvation is a miracle. How many times Christians begin to take for granted their salvation? Oh, I'm saved. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God, I'm saved. Uh, what's for dinner, man? Oh, uh, what, what are we going to do about this? Oh, you know what? I got to do this. That reminds me. I got to get this. And we're so quick to pass that off. Salvation, the wholeness of our life, the intimacy we enjoy with Yahweh as Papa, 
talking to him, hearing him. He is, he puts his thoughts in our mind and lets us think that there are thoughts. Oh, how about as he prays for us as our high priest, continually, 24-7, and then he, he drops his prayer in our mind and, and we begin praying it as if it was our prayer. When it really came from God. He was looking for our amen. We gave him our amen when we started praying that prayer. Talk about confidence of prayer. Think about that when you pray. When you're praying, God is praying. And you're agreeing together with Yahweh. My back is a little straighter tonight, man. Praise God. I'm a walking guy. This is my finest hour. You know what? Every hour is my finest hour. Not just one time, it's all the time. No way that has to end. Every hour should be our finest hour as a Christian. Walking in the experience of God, walking in the power and strength of God by resting in his strength, not ours. We are going to do great exploits. Salvation is one of the greatest exploits we'll ever do with our life. Just resting in God's love. That's the goodness of God that led the sinner to repentance. Amen? That's where doing great exploits begins. Resting in God's word. His living letter. Oh, not only this, we've got, he changes our life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2 to 3, we see that uh, we are his letters, living letters. Not written with pen and ink, but with the Spirit of God. Not on tablets of stone, but on the fleshly tablets of the heart. We're living letters, living miracles. This house is full of miracles tonight. Come on. I remember I invited this guy to, 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 to church once in, um, ah, it was a Golden Gate Theater. And I was working for him, and I, and I said, you know, Bill, why don't you come to prayer meeting with me? He said, oh, I don't, Billy, I don't do prayer. I'm busy. I, I got so much stuff to do. I, I, I said, hey, how would you like to come and talk to a miracle tonight, today? Talk to a miracle. A movie, man. A movie, and this movie's a miracle. And not only can you talk to the lead member, the lead cast member, member of that, that movie star of that movie? Come on. You want to see? I'll introduce you to him. I know him personally. Wow. Okay, I'll come. I'll come with you. So he came to prayer meeting with me. And I introduced him. I introduced him to Izzy. Milan. <laughs> and this guy was racist, man. He's a white boy, a white old man, actually. And uh, I get to talking with Easy, and I, and Easy just sat down and told him his story. And Bill just sat there. Oh my goodness! My goodness! I never heard such a such a story before. He was so amazed, and he started crying. When we left that meeting, driving him home, he said, you know, Billy, I didn't think Mexicans were like that. <laughs> I said, you know, did you, did you ever know a Mexican? <laughs> no. Then why did, why did you think they were all like gangsters and everything? You know, Izzy wasn't really a gangster. He was a drug guy, did drugs, but, you know. The point I'm making is that when we, when we see the love of God in our lives and we, we drop that in someone else's life, that's a great exploit. Souls are a great 
exploit. Invest your life in souls. They are the currency of heaven. You don't want your currency to be empty when you get to heaven. You need some souls. You need to be reaching out and touching souls. And again, it's not your work. It's God's work in you that does that. You plant the holy seed, you get a holy harvest. God will water it. God will bring the increase. You do the planting. And lastly, the miracles of answered prayer. You know, answered prayer is a miracle, isn't it? Because we prayed, we needed a miracle. Every answer is a miracle. House is full of miracles. Because a miracle worker is here. Right? He's here. He fills his house with miracles. And we're going to see some miracles here tonight at the altar. Because a miracle worker is here. And, and I want to share this last thought with you. Your life. Your life as a warrior is Jesus' answered prayer. You are an answered prayer of Jesus Christ, your high priest. He prayed for you. You got saved. You are his answered prayer. That is who you are. Each one of you feeling like you're not important, you're his answered prayer. You're God's answered prayer. He went to the cross, had you on his mind, on his heart. And you're sitting here today because he prayed for you. And there's folks in here tonight, there may be folks in here tonight that don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You're here tonight as an answer to his prayer. He's praying that you'd be here tonight, and he's praying that you'll come forward and give your heart to Christ because he loves you. He's always loved you. Even when others hated you, abandoned you, abused you, played you for a fool, oh, God kept on loving you. He loved you since he first made you in the workshop of heaven and put his fingerprint on your life. That's our God. This is our finest hour, folks. Listen up, warrior. This is your finest hour to shine brighter each day as we draw closer to that great day when our king comes for us. Hallelujah. Yes, it's time to shine, warrior. This dark and desperate world needs the light. And God deserves this light. He deserves this from us, folks. In Jesus' name, let's pray. Thank you, Father, for your word tonight. Thank you for reaching into each of our hearts this evening. I pray that you would cause your word to percolate down into our soul and our spirit, Lord. Strengthen us with hunger, Holy Spirit, to, to draw closer to you, Lord, to know you by experience, experiencing your miracle in our life, your changes in our life, looking at our life and, and recognizing the difference, the change in our life as, as we know you and learn more of you from your word. Help us rest in your strength, Lord. Rest in your strength. Trust in you and grow our experience with your strength. And, and lastly, help us to do great exploits in your name for your glory. Your praise and your honor, Lord. Oh, how we love you and we want everyone to love you. We want everyone to come to know you. How wonderful this world would be if there were more Christians in it more Christians loving, living and loving and serving like you would change this world. Thank you for sharing this truth with us this evening, Lord. 
you're in this place and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, please take this moment to come. Come forward. Let me want to pray with you. This service was for you. You're tired of your ways. Your ways have not got you what your heart is hungering for. You don't have peace with God. You don't have peace with anyone. Because God is the peace you're looking for. And he's here tonight. His prayer is here tonight drawing you to the altar. Will you accept him or reject him? That's your choice. Your choice to accept him will bring you to the altar and in a brand new life in Christ, you'll be a son, a daughter of God. And the path of righteousness, he'll lead you on all the way home to glory to live with him forever. But you reject him and you're on your own. Your choice will take you on another path. And you may never have another opportunity like you have tonight to know Christ. But you will be on that road to a devil's hell. It wasn't made for you. You were made for heaven. But you chose to reject that and accept the devil's lie. God gives you choices, gives us all choices to live or to die. You make your choice tonight. It don't take time. You don't need to take time. You make it right now in your heart. You want to know Christ? You want to know life eternal? You want to know love and purpose in your life? Get on down here now. Don't stroll down here. Run down here. Be serious with God. He was serious with you. He died for you. He spilled his life, blood for you. And you can't give your life for him? Shame on you. You're here in this place and you, you want to know God more. Holy Ghost has touched your heart about your personal prayer life, your devotion life. You want to improve that. I want to pray with you folks and, and for Holy Ghost, I'm going to pray with you. I'm not going to pray for you. I'll pray with you. I'll agree with your prayer that Holy Ghost will strengthen you, will help you get up early in the morning and spend time with him for breakfast, reading and chewing on his word and, and give you scripture in the lunchtime for your your lunch with him and have dinner with him at night when you wrap up the day. Spend time with him and his word and, and share with him the events of the day. Beginning in the middle and the end, breakfast, lunch, and dinner with the Lord will keep you growing in intimacy with Lord, growing in experience with God. And that will bring the strength of God in you. And that will bring great exploits in your life. You want that? You just, you come forward and find a place at the altar and I'll pray for you folks too. God bless you. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.